All right, we are rolling now. Counting us down. Three, two. You're listening to Missing Out with Lex Michael and Tari J. Let's start the show. Hello there, Misketeers. Welcome back to Missing Out. I'm Tari J. I'm Lex Michael. And if this is your first time listening, what we do here is we introduce each other to different media, whether it be movies, music, television, spoken word, books, experiences, things that have built us up as people, and we hope that in sharing it, it builds you up. We are the retrospective that's introspective. You know, that intro, that's that's super catchy. It's like a commercial jingle that gets stuck in your head and won't leave even after you've torn your ears from your cranium. That's true. And uh, I feel like I, I thought about making an anthology of my intros, but I, people didn't like it. And so I went back to the original concept. Yeah, they were like not enough. Uh, Shatner masks. It's true. (laughs) (laughs) No, no babysitters died in this whatsoever. (laughs) Um, If you hadn't guessed, uh, we are talking about Halloween three season of the witch made in 1982 written quotes and directed by Tommy Lee Wallace um, starring Tom Atkins, Stacey Nelkin and Dan O'Hurley. Dan O'Hurley. Dan O'Hurley. So, Lex, you brought this in. I did. So, uh, why don't you pitch this to us? All right. So, everybody knows Michael Myers. Everybody knows the Halloween series. But I feel like a lot of people overlook, for reasons that are are clear, overlook what I feel is a little underappreciated gem, a little oddity within this series. It is horror meets science fiction. Uh, I believe Deborah Hill, the producer, I think it was Deborah Hill, described it as witchcraft meets the computer age. I think it's an interesting little movie. I think it's paced really well. I think uh, it, it features a lot of really, really fun and utterly bizarre elements that exist nowhere else in the Halloween series. And of course, Due to the absence of Michael Myers, this movie, uh, upon its original release, people weren't necessarily prepared for him not to show up. People were were grumpy, and it didn't do all that well at the box office. And so, yes, they reverted uh, back to back to formula. They were like uh, they were like Norman Osborn in, in Spider Man. Back to formula. Um, but I I think there's so much here that's fun and weird and worth acknowledging. I I think of all the Halloween sequels. To be honest, this might in fact be the most interesting because when they returned to their original formula, brought Michael Myers back, we got a handful of sequels that that are there's a range of quality, but you know the drill. You know it's it's going to be uh, teenagers uh, doing things, maybe being a little promiscuous on Halloween night. Dude shows up in a mask, stabs him with implements. Right. You know what you're in for. Whereas if you know nothing about Halloween three going in, and if you've never seen it, like a lot of people haven't. I encourage you to just don't, don't don't learn anything about it before you go in because it's it's kind of bonkers in a yeah. way that I think is super fun. And there's a lot. Thankfully, there's a, a bunch of stuff we can talk about without getting into spoilers, just in terms of how this movie came to be and the different elements involved. Right. Uh, for example, the director, Tommy Lee Wallace, was the art director, production designer and one of the editors on the original 1978 Halloween. He was offered the opportunity to direct Halloween 2, but he declined, and I believe the reason he declined was because of the sameness of it all, essentially. Right. So 1978, uh, Halloween comes out, and it, it becomes one of the most successful independent movies ever made. 
I want to say it grossed something like $70 million on the back of a few hundred thousand dollar budget. It's good money. Yeah. So right away, of course, they wanted a sequel and right away they wanted a sequel that replicated that replicated a lot of the elements that that made the original successful. But the problem you run into is that there wasn't really, and John Carpenter talks about this, wasn't really even enough story to sustain a second movie, which is why he, and he talks about like, I, I didn't know where to take this script and I was really drunk at like two in the morning and I went, oh, God help me, I'll, I'll make him her brother. And that's where that came from. But by the time you get to the end of Halloween 2, especially, where where does that story, if you recall, uh, Halloween 2 largely set in a hospital, uh, Michael Myers gets blown up at the end of that one. And that, that that's not a spoiler. He They always blow him up and he always comes back and stuff. Right. But also, we talked about it a long time ago. We did. Plug, one plug. and two. Don't forget to go back and check out that episode. I believe it was also during one of our fun Halloween themed months. That would be our probably our, would have to be our first year. Yes, I believe so. First year, because like last year was all witchy stuff. That's true. Which this would have been at home last year, but I, I think I forgot. I think would it have I think been, though? There's witchery in this. We'll talk about it. Okay. Uh, but there was there was no way that, that the producers, uh, Carpenter and Deborah Hill, could see necessarily to take the Michael Myers character, that story, and continue it past that point. That, that story had essentially... Uh, burned itself out no pun intended right um but the idea that they did have and i think they had this idea um after the first halloween but they were like you know kind of pushed to rush the second one into production but this idea that every year they could release a new movie in the halloween series but it would be an anthology it would every year would be a new story completely disconnected from the previous stories and they would be tied together Based on, you know, the Halloween themes and maybe certain production uh, personnel would continue to be involved with carryover. But it sounds like they didn't really prep general audiences for this concept. And they didn't really prep audiences for the total absence of Michael Myers, for the for the absence of elements of the original Halloween. The, the original Halloween in this movie, in fact, is fiction. It's actually a movie. Halloween, right. you see you see it on the TV a couple of times. Yeah. And it's there's actually a, a sequence late in the movie, the second of two scenes where you see the original Halloween on TV, where uh, the score from the original movie playing off of the TV becomes the score for the scene, which I think is, is fun. Yeah. But this came together... And then very quickly, the concept for an ongoing anthology fell apart. They, the, the studio insisted, okay, well, for the next one, you have to bring back Michael Myers. That's what people want. And I think there were creative differences, too much push-pull, and Carpenter ultimately walked away. And Halloween 3 was the last one of these that he and Deborah Hill produced uh, until, I mean, way, 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 way later, the most recent Halloween Carpenter was involved in in certain capacities, but he yeah. essentially walked away from the franchise at that point. Yeah, I, I can imagine. This is my first time seeing it. And the first time I had seen uh, Halloween 1 and 2 was when we watched it for this show. Yes. Um, and, and since back then there was no internet where, you know, people would be constantly talking about the pre-production, the development, and you'd be getting little bits of information as time goes on. Like, right. I imagine the first time people saw even the first mention about it was... Uh, in a movie theater where they're like, oh, it's Halloween 3, something crazy's happening. And then from there, they just see it premiere on 
on not TV, but like in the theater. Uh, and so there's no real, unless you were a real giant uh, Halloween fan and you saw interviews with John Carpenter where he's like, oh, I'm making an anthology series. There's no way you would know that like there was anything different about this season. Right. You would be, you would, witch. you would be sitting there in the audience with your friend and you keep telling him, oh, these movies are so much fun. There's a dude in a mask and he stalks babysitters and stuff and getting to like the hour 20 minute mark and your friend leaning over being like, hey, when's, when's this guy showing up? And you just sitting there mortified, like I, I don't know, right? <laughs> you know, and, and so yeah, people people were not really prepped for this, and I do think now, of course, we're very familiar with the anthology concept, especially uh, with horror stories. I mean, American Horror Stories is that uh, writ large, you know what I mean, in, in long form. Yeah, but people, yeah, people didn't know. People were grumpy. People didn't lay down their money. It made it didn't didn't. Didn't do as well as they hoped. Right. And so they said, okay, we're not doing this anymore. It's just going to be uh, a homeboy in the mask stabbing people. Which I think is the wrong lesson to take from it. The right lesson would have been advertise Yeah, better. market differently right. next time. Next time, just have a catchy little tune that's like, this Halloween is about something different, about something <laughs> different, about something different. This Halloween is an anthology. Watch it later. <laughs> But the, but also it does feel, it does feel part and parcel of sort of the the weird history of the Halloween series. Insofar as you have your original movie, yeah. then you have a sequel that picks up minutes after the original story ends. Yeah. Then you have a third movie that has nothing whatsoever to do with any other movie in the series. Then you have a fourth movie which is somewhat back to basics. Uh, fifth movie piggybacks off of that a sixth movie that references the continuity of four and five but largely issues it in favor of a weird supernatural cultist storyline yeah then you have the seventh movie halloween h2o which brings back jamie lee curtis and asks you to ignore the previous three movies entirely right then you have halloween resurrection which is a direct sequel to that one and has buster rhymes doing kung fu of course and then you have the 2018 david gordon green and danny mcbride halloween which asks you to ignore every single movie in the entire franchise except the first one and that's now getting two sequels interesting um i mean uh i guess like enough time has passed and they've seen it their mistakes enough to where they're like all right i think we can update this for a modern age you know michael myers now uses the internet oh boy (laughs) it's him walking around with an iphone (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's how he finds his victims he's like he he goes on care.com um and is like (laughs) where do babysitters hires babysitters (laughs) (laughs) but like i said he's walking around the neighborhood trick-or-treaters are running around and stuff and the the score is like dun 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 and he's walking around and you hear the little haptics like that mm-hmm. and it's one head so it's really slow haptics because right. it's just his one big hand well, yeah and he has the knife in the other one so it's like it's really hard and he doesn't he can't talk to text right and like the app glitches and he's just like throws it <laughs> um so very 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 Broadly, without getting into spoilers, because th- this movie does go into some wacky territory. Yeah. The the general plot of the movie is uh, there's a, a man in great distress at the beginning of the movie who escapes uh, from parts unknown with a Halloween mask. 
and he is tracked to a hospital by some mysterious assassins, murdered, and his daughter, along with a, a surgeon who I think Tom Atkins plays an interesting, uh, actually somewhat complex, not necessarily heroic uh, at his foundation, hero. Yeah. The two of them have to team up to figure out what happened to this man. And they unravel a conspiracy that involves uh, mass-produced children's Halloween masks. What the plan entails, we must save for spoilers because it's right. it's just, it's, it's so great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would say that, like, if I didn't know that this didn't involve Michael Myers and I went into this fresh, because, like, early on they show the 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 trailer for Halloween. Um, I would have been expecting the, the, the storyline to be about how all these people think this story is fiction. And then Michael Myers comes and they're like, Oh boy, it's real. It's all real. So it's sort of, it, it would be like their Wes Craven's new nightmare. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Which we also talked about on this show. I think the same year we talked about. Yeah. We wanted to heck. Yeah. So go good. back, go back into the missing out archives, the missing out archives mm -hmm. and do uh, uh, branding very much pending. But yeah. Uh, yeah, go back and check out, check out our old stuff. Cause you love, you love us in the present and the past informs the anyway. Yeah, it's true. It's all real. <laughs> you thought we were a myth and it's all real. Um, but I will say that like, I, I was really intrigued by the way that the story, cause I didn't know anything about it. And the only context I had for anything was that it didn't have Michael Myers in it. And I've seen uh, gifts of the kid holding his head uh, during a very crazy sequence. And so I was like, all right, now I can just dive into the mystery. Right. And it like is very much a mystery. They lay all these clues throughout the whole thing. You get a lot of information through television broadcasts. You get a lot of information through uh, some of the people being kind of like exposition machines. Like you'll meet someone and they'll be like, hey, man, something crazy's happening. And everyone is just like, I'm going to dismiss that. Who cares? Right. Um, but like then the person looks at the camera and was like, that's for you, audience. Not not him. That guy's an asshole. But that's for you. You <laughs> right. figure this mystery out. Right. Um, so I really like that aspect, just seeing everything unfold and trying to piece together all the different aspects. And then even when you get to the the resolution, being like, that's crazier than I could have even imagined. Yep. Can you can you see again, we will talk about it in spoilers. When you got to the end of this movie, did you have a moment of, oh, I, I get why Lex likes this? I mean, I I knew why you liked it from the moment of uh what they call the misfire. Um, so good. Yes. So, so good. I, I was like, yeah, this is, this is his jam. Um, uh, so, uh, really quickly, I do want to shout out, a uh, couple of the cast members, a couple of our leads. Uh, Tom Atkins had worked with John Carpenter on his two previous movies. He was in escape from New York. And before that he was in the fog, uh, fun bit of tangential trivia in the, the fog. Uh, there are a handful of characters that are named after real people that Carpenter worked with on his movies. Yeah. Uh, Atkins plays a character named Nick Castle. Nick Castle was the original actor to portray Michael Myers oh. and, and is portraying him now again in the new movies. Also a director who has come up on this show before because he directed among other things, major pain. Ah, hell yeah. Um, but also Dan O'Hurley, who plays Colonel Cochran, 
the villain of the piece. Yeah. I am a Dan O'Hurley fan. Uh, big, big, big career he had, but a lot of people, I think most people would know him from either or both uh, Andrew Packard on Twin Peaks and also, of course, the old man in RoboCop and RoboCop 2. Oh, cool. Guys who's, who's like the head of the corporation. Nice. But I love the way he is able to play villainy with such like malevolent glee and giddiness almost. Yeah. Like he's just super, like you can tell he just gets a kick out of his plan. Mm-hmm. And the the end of this, when when his plan is, is revealed and he talks about his motivation, he really only talks about it very minimally because the motivation seems to be, I think it's funny. Right. Like he's got, he's got a, an agenda in mind. He's got a, a he's got a, a goal he wants to, to achieve, but the means of achieving that goal is, are rather arbitrary and largely cause he gets a kick out of it. Right. Um, and I really want to talk about this plan. Yes. So I feel like this is a good time to drop down the spoiler wall. I feel like we covered a good amount of non-spoilers. Though. Yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, actually the, the one other thing that I think is fun just in terms of cast. Okay. Um, cause I can do this without spoilers. Sure. So, uh, there's an actress named Nancy Keys who plays Atkins' character's ex-wife. Uh-huh. She only shows up physically in one scene. Yeah. She's also sometimes credited by her other name, Nancy Loomis. She played Annie in the original Halloween. Oh, sweet. She was one of the of the three. There's Jamie Lee Curtis and then her two uh, friends, Linda and Annie, and she's Annie, the brunette with curly hair. Oh. And also, Jamie Lee Curtis has a little voice cameo as the operator on yes. the phone when he's trying to make calls and stuff. Um, anyway, I thought that was fun. Yeah, those are fun. Keeping it all in the family and stuff. Aw. Is Nancy Loomis related to Billy Loomis from uh, Scream? Uh, No, because that's a fictional character, but that character's name does come from Dr. Sam Loomis from Halloween. Oh. See, guys? It's all Hashtag MCU. It's all connected. Um, But yes, so now I'm officially dropping down the spoiler wall. All right, let's do it. Um, So if if you haven't seen it, uh, you can do so. It's on Netflix. It's on HBO Go, HBO Now if you have HBO Now, um, or HBO through Hulu if you if you do that. If you're a uh, physical media person, I know uh, Shout Factory slash Scream Factory put out a collector's edition a little while ago. Yeah, and they always do real good stuff with their physical releases. Yeah, you can also rent it on Amazon if that's your preferred venue. Uh, so uh, I highly recommend it. It's really fun, and it's a movie that a ton of people overlook. I think go in as cold as possible. Know that it is nothing like any of the other movies. It is. It really is witchcraft meets the computer age. There is as much of a sci-fi element as a supernatural element in this story, and I think that's really fun because we don't ever see that from this series again. We don't even begin to approach this territory. Yeah. And I think this is a very underappreciated little movie. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we've given you enough time. So we will come back with spoilers right after this message. Can Harry Potter cast a spell on Black Widow's heart? Would the doctor and Niles Crane write a prescription for love? Do Cthulhu and Godzilla have compatible genitals? These are the questions you should be ashamed for asking. But if you want answers, listen to Ships in the Night. It's a fanfic podcast where we put two fictional characters into a relationship and figure out what would happen if they bumped uglies. Ships in the Night. Listen every Tuesday. But listen quietly. It's super not safe for work. All right, we're back. <laughs> uh, so, Lex, man, we can talk about all the spoilers. 
Oh boy. Uh, all right. Where do you want to start? Um, I really want to start with the main protagonist, um, played by Tom Atkins, uh, because this guy is a He's he's a lot of things. He's a bit of a deadbeat, not a great dad, drinks a lot. Yes. Um, these are really nice ways of saying he's a womanizing alcoholic <laughs> um, who is, uh, he, he just, he's like a fuck monster. Um, there's a, a moment. So uh, he is investigating this mystery with, um, with the guy from the beginning's daughter uh the guy her name being uh grimbridge so ellie grimbridge uh you know they meet in the hospital she's like there's something weird we got to go to this small town and then from there it just becomes the most inappropriate relationship i've ever seen uh before before we delve into the inappropriateness of this relationship i just want to point out uh the town that they go to is called santamira and Santamir is the town. Cochrane built this company called Silver Shamrock. Silver Shamrock essentially built the town around itself. Right. Uh, Santamira is a fictional town, and the name of the town has popped up in a bunch of different works. But this, uh, they, I believe they're explicitly referencing the original 1956 invasion of the Body Snatchers. Okay. Which does very much play into what ends up happening, uh, especially towards the end of this movie. People get body snatched. Right. Place. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, so back to this relationship. Yes. Um, I <laughs> There's a moment right after they did a sex where um, he goes, wait, how old are you? Oh, yep. And she goes. And she goes, I'm older than I look. Yeah, don't worry. And I'm I, older like, than I look. I screamed at the t- I was like, answer the question. How <laughs> old are you? She's like, she is 15 years old. <laughs> no, I mean, look, she definitely, she, she. Obviously, uh, looks young, but she doesn't look child young. But that doesn't that doesn't stop that moment from say, right. standing like out. this dude's in his forties, and he's like, "Yo!" Like, there's the moment when they first get into the hotel room, and he, um, and he's like, "Oh, hey, you know, um, I can I can get another room," and she's like, "You know, that'd be weird, right?" And he's like, I could just, just sleep in the car or something. He's like standing, propping himself up in the door frame, And he's like, I can't help but notice you're missing a daddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was like, man, this was this. This is someone's fantasy right here. <laughs> um, so th- like <laughs> all of that stuff, like it. this dude feels like he's some writer's surrogate and he's like yo if i was a doctor i'd be slaying her day i don't care what i look like or what my character flaws are i'm just gonna be slaying left and right people gonna be like yo slap my butt oh damn you want to go to dinner oh shit let's do a fuck (laughs) yep that's 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 actual dialogue from the film (laughs) um i just it so that was like the one thing I had to like get over to really enjoy the story. It's uh yes, it is uh th- this cinematic relationship is incredibly aggressively 80s in that respect. Yes, very much. Um but I do like how they go about investigating. Yeah. Yeah, it's because neither of them are law enforcement. Right. Um and so they kind of have to just, you know, fly by the seat of their pants and they like meet a bunch of people and they try to like 
weasel their way into the factory. Right. There's actually a mystery to solve in this movie that unfolds as the characters investigate. Whereas in any other movie in the Halloween series, the only real mystery is what's this dude going to use to impale this person? Right. Um, and it's 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 an investigative story, and it's genuinely interesting to see them uh, start to put pieces together, get a little bit closer, have a setback, put a few more pieces together, have a setback, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. As they unravel this truly, uh, truly bizarre, truly, <laughs> truly bizarre scheme of Cochran's. Yeah. Um, and we were alluding to it earlier, which so if I understand the scheme correctly, correct me if any part of this is wrong. All right. Um, so his idea was to become a, uh, a man known for his practical jokes. and Practical then, jokes, toys, things like novelties. Right. And then expand into Halloween masks. Then fly in uh, secretly a portion of Stonehenge, which in the lore of this movie was part of uh, sacrificial circles on a uh, an old kind of like the the original holiday like the pagan holiday that Halloween is based on yes and so his thought was that he would um, use the magic of that stone to play a cute little prank on all the kids because you know he's he's basically the joker <laughs> yes yeah so so far so good. I mean that's that's the plan. Well, so I mean I guess it, the the specifics being that he puts a piece of Stonehenge into the circuitry of the these masks, like this little emblem that's on all of the masks, right? And then when he plays his commercial, or like not the commercial, but like the uh, it's like it's the, a big giveaway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when the sweepstakes happens, um, he plays a specific uh, melody that activates the. The Stonehenge. And there's that flashing pumpkin. And it turns people into snakes and bugs. It seems like it, they basically, the children wear the masks. Yeah. And they, the signals broadcast all over. And the masks essentially, it kind of looks like melts their heads and releases a ton of snakes and bugs and stuff from their corpse, which then kill anyone else in the vicinity. Right. There's this crazy, crazy sequence about about a half hour from the end of the movie where Cochran is really demonstrating what his plan is. And he's yeah. got a, one of the men who works for him, the man's wife and the man's son, who's wearing a silver shamrock mask. He activates the signal. Kids head just melts, bugs, snakes, everything pour out. And the, the snakes like essentially kill his parents in the room as well. Right. And he's doing this not because he has to do it this way, not because you need to sacrifice them in this way to do what he's trying to do. Just because that's what he feels like doing that right. week. It's all on a lark. Ultimately, his goal is uh, essentially to, he wants to usher in a new age of witchcraft, essentially. Okay. Essentially. But this is this is what he's doing. Like, there's no reason it has to be this way. Best I can, best I can figure. Also, what makes it even more exquisite is that Cochran has a bunch of henchmen in this movie, and they're all robots. Yes. That he designed. Uh, one of these robots, by the way, uh, played by Nick Castle. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> my favorite thing about the robots are like these little things that they do. So after the first robot uh, kills uh, Ellie's dad. Which it's wild. He like grabs his, the, the bridge of his nose, basically. And just yeah. Pops and just pops his it face. out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, 
Ugh, it was gross. <laughs> um, but after he does that, he's like, oh, I guess my hand, my hand's dirty. And it just like wipes it on the, the just like adjacent <laughs> curtain. And I was like, that's the real cry. <laughs> like someone has to clean that up. Right. Uh, but he's just like, whatever. Um, there's also a really, I wonder if it was scripted, but when when we are getting introduced to the fact that they are machines, because when you meet them, you don't know what they are. Right. Um, you could just as, as easily assume that they're aliens. You're like, look or, at all these right. aliens. Or that if you once you start to get the impression that something a little supernatural might be going on, it would be easy to say, well, maybe they're just acolytes. Like, they're just members of this of this coven, if you want to call it that. Right. They're not. They're robots. They're robots. And so um, they're in an elevator, and he's talking about them. And the guy who's holding um, Chalice in the elevator sneezes and he goes look how realistic they are and i was like is that scripted that seems like a really just like a fun thing that they did yeah he's just like i'm i know this character i can play him and i'm improvising this thing right and and they they made a decision they're just like you know what it doesn't make any sense whatsoever that this robot would sneeze but this is hilarious right this is this is the scene that's going to make this movie make (laughs) 500 million (laughs) dollars Because, you know, because it, it informs the Cochrane character that he puts all these weird idiosyncrasies into his robots to make them feel more realistic. Right. And you notice it didn't help the movie make $500 million, which is why Michael Myers never sneezes That's in any true. of the subsequent movies. Yeah. They're uh, like, they took cl- that note. Right. They're like, clearly America doesn't want to see mute killers sneezing <laughs> or this movie would have been a big hit oh my gosh so many so many notes from this movie we would be making season of the witch 14 right now uh but no america doesn't want this no not at all so is this guy is this guy like a witch is 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 that his deal basically is he like an or ancient a, a witch? warlock was it right? That's the term because, like, the, you call him a wizard, but I guess like a, a dark wizard would be a warlock. I mean, maybe it depends. So, if you're going by like the way that D and D classifies it, okay. Um, so a wizard is someone who studied magic, which is typically how a lot of witches got their power, depending on your your like theology or or your your mythology or whatever you believe your lore if you will right um and so but another way that witches in our lore have gotten magic is through making a a deal with the devil um which in in D &D lore that's where warlocks come from in that like they make a a pact with a a deity whether it be a a dark deity or a higher uh, or a higher level deity uh and that's where their power comes from so it really depends on where the power comes from and how they get it right okay see i i am basing basing my loose definition on so i I think i've talked on the show about how i lived in salem massachusetts for a little while and i worked at a witch museum and it was which one uh what was it called world of witches museum i don't think it's still there but um the people who owned and operated it were members of the pagan community fairly seems like fairly prominent members of the pagan like the wiccan pagan community yeah and i if i recall correctly the way they described it was essentially no if you were a a male practitioner you're a wizard 
but if you are using your uh, the the powers, if you're trying to draw magics for for selfish means, for destructive means, that's when you would be considered a warlock. And apparently, uh, that word is considered like a grave insult, like it's almost a slur. Oh, um, so it's like no, you don't call somebody a warlock who isn't that because they they will take great offense to it because it's just such a such a negative, like dirty, awful thing to be. Mm, damn, yeah, got that pagan inward. You know what I'm saying? That, yes, it's the it, that it's the pagan N word. Yep, <laughs> that's exactly what I was driving at. That's what you were saying. I was waiting for you to say it. That's what everyone else at home or in their cars were like. Oh, damn, that pagan N word. Yep, the N in pagan stands for the N word. <laughs> what is that word? Nope. <laughs> uh, this oh, we haven't they haven't done that bit in a while. Where Tari tries to box me in to saying slurs. <laughs> Oh, uh, you won't you won't trick me. That's true. You no, one day you'll like find a way to Bugs Bunny it like duck season, rabbit season. Right. And you'll you'll trick me into being racist. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be like, no, it's my economic anxiety. Uh-huh. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> um, but okay, so this guy is base I, I wonder so is he there I feel like there are implications that he's like an ancient not an ancient being, but like He's crazy old. Well, he talks about how things used to be as if he's got firsthand knowledge. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, was he just like hanging out being like, things are not witchy enough. <laughs> it's time I make my move. It's like how whoever he's got around him is like, how are you? How, how are you going to do that? What are you, you going to do? He's like, hmm, I know toys and masks. <laughs> Yeah. And commercials. Right. And Stonehenge and robots. <laughs> and the guy's like, are you okay? Are you having a stroke? <laughs> I mean, I guess I can understand him being like, yo, kids used to be just sacrifice fodder. And now they're the focus of this holiday. That's like, that's like if uh, essentially Thanksgiving became uh, about us like giving turkeys candy. You know what I'm saying? Isn't the turkeys are, are our sacrifice to the to the ancient history of our country, and now we're giving turkeys ca candy. Now we're giving turkeys <laughs> dressing our turkeys up in little costumes. <laughs> He's like, "Fuck that! Kids should be sacrifices again. <laughs> Make kids sacrifices again." <laughs> Well, that's why he's in charge, and I'm not. I guess. That's what vision? Indeed, that's 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 where we got to go with it. But clearly, uh, on top of being uh, just a malevolent force of of giddy darkness, clearly Cochran's a very savvy business person. Now he's probably using dark magic to succeed in business. Yeah, I was going to say without really trying, and then I, I realized I'd hate myself forever. Uh, but uh, <laughs> clearly, he's he's a savvy business person. He actually legitimately built a company big enough to to construct and own a, a town. Right. You know, like clearly he's actually and, and not for nothing. If he really wanted to if he really, really wanted to get one over on the children, just just be a capitalist long enough, and I guarantee you will destroy countless lives. Right. But it's not as funny, I guess, as the no. bugs and stuff. Um, so speaking of the bugs and stuff. Yes. Um, earlier, I had alluded to Tommy Lee Wallace being the quote, unquote, unquote, writer. Um, yes. And so uh, the the original script was written by someone else. Um, I, for, I didn't write the name because 
he didn't want to be credit credited. So I was like, you know, what? I'm going to leave his anonymity intact. Um, <laughs> um, but his main reason for leaving the project was that he felt like, or getting his name removed from it was that he felt like it was too violent and gruesome. And I guess the original, uh, script, he, he intended it to be more of like a comical mystery. Um, and then his name is Nigel Neal, by the way. Yeah. And he's a British science fiction. How dare you get out of him? (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I took my name off the movie. (laughs) Um, but yeah, he, uh, he was like, how dare you, Jane, J- John Carpenter? How dare you fucking make gruesomeness on my movie? Um, which, like, they did. They made it real gross. Um, there were a lot of sequences where I was like, why is this so disgusting? Well, it's still a horror movie. I Yes, but come on. It was supposed to be a comical mystery. It, I imagine it was going to be just like a bunch of dumb, ro- like the robots probably looked like real robots. I mean, like, I, for what it's worth, I thought, for example, I thought the misfire was hilarious. I, I'm sure you did. I think <laughs> that, sorry to, to clarify. Uh, so they get to Santa Mira and our two characters uh, basically hole up at a motel somewhere that they can go to where people won't necessarily be keeping an eye on them, but where they can hopefully keep an eye on everybody else. And they meet a nice woman who has one of the masks, the emblem falls off and she happens to notice that there's a computer chip in the back of it, which she doesn't know is that the computer chip has little bits of Stonehenge in it. And she starts messing with it and it fires a laser. Cause these things apparently fire lasers right uh the, it fires a laser directly into her face and we get a couple of like really gnarly effect shots of this woman with a sort of blown out face yeah um which i had read that the actress um the character name was uh marge um, and she was very colorful uh i enjoyed that character yes um but the actress who played her refused to wear the like prosthetic mask and so they were just like, let's get a body double in there and, and have them do the gross stuff, um, which I like. I like her principles of being like, it's too hot. I mean, or it, whatever her reason to be tr- to be stuck under all that, that the latex applications and stuff would probably not be super fun. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was like one of our, I guess, our technically our second uh, super gross moment. The well, first the, probably no, being when the third home the yes. dude popped dude's face. Right. Yeah. So we got that one, which I was like, gross, but it wasn't super bloody. And then the next one, we meet this like vagabond who, um, side note, if, uh, if, if a, a, a dude you don't know comes up and is like, yo, I want to drink off your bottle. Don't do it. They're probably gross. Um, but he's like, he, he meets uh, Chalice and is like, yo, give me some of your drink. Um, I hate this town. This guy's crazy. I'm going to burn that motherfucker down. And then he gets his head ripped off. <laughs> yeah. I was like, why Why do these robots uh, <laughs> choose such, like, the most disgusting and, like, violent way to execute their murders? I would assume to some extent they bear the imprint of their creator. I guess. So it's, like, as close as these robots can come to finding something funny. I feel like that's, you know what I mean? I feel like that's why. I feel like they're programmed to do messed up shit so that they can go back to Cochrane and Cochrane could be like, mission report. And they tell him and he's like, ooh, (laughs) his head came clean off. (laughs) Like, I accept that. Mostly because, like, otherwise, it, it, like, I could, 
I can understand if it was like, oh man, this is to send a message, but like they do it in secret. Yeah, there's no message. There's no message. No. It's just like, yo, I'm gonna be gross <laughs> and mean and, and terrible. Um, so that's like the second moment where it's I was like, oh, this is this is gruesome. It's like that's right. This is a movie in the Halloween series, right? Yeah. Um, and then like I think I don't think we get another like super dark, gross thing until we get back to the factory for like. The, the main climax yeah where we get the the fight where we're uh chilling your chalice kills one of the robots and and orange juice comes flowing out of their yeah, mouth their, their guts look like really goopy orange juice yeah, yeah. um extra pulp baby <laughs> uh and then it looks like if you mixed if you mixed um orange juice with with like gorilla glue mm, yeah, yeah 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 um that's a good description of it uh, but, uh, yeah. And then I think the next time we get something gruesome is with the, the little boy when his head turns into snakes and bugs. It's, it's pretty gnarly. Yeah. It's, and it's real rough. It's dark. Yeah. You know, I mean like the Halloween movies, obviously all of the characters are meant to be teens, you know, but they're very clearly actors who are older than that. Right. Uh, this is one of the only times that a child, like an actual child. Right. is uh is is often such a gruesome fashion. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy that this movie, the like main target of the murder is children. Like I I think I'd read that originally the last shot was going to fade to black and all you were going to hear was the 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 uh, symphony of children's screams as uh, as uh, Chalice has, had failed. Right. And, and the ending of the movie uh, is essentially they they stop. We'll talk about the, the actual specifics of these of these sequences. Right. But they, they foil the plan up to a point. But the signal is still prepped to go out. So Callus gets on the phone. He's talking to broadcasters and he's yelling at them. He's like, I can't, I can't prove it, but please, you got to listen to me. This is very dangerous. They're targeting kids, et cetera, et cetera. And he's flipping the channels and there's, there's three channels that are running the ad. Two of the three cut the feed. Right. And the third one doesn't. And he's yelling like, please, please cut. And there are kids like where he's, where he's holed up. It's like a gas station and there are kids coming in for candy and stuff and they're wearing the masks. And the movie ends with him like yelling, no, you've got to turn it off. You've got to turn it off. And we don't know whether that feed gets cut or if many, many, many children all over the country, maybe all over the world are watching that ad and getting uh, head bugs. Right. Um, I mean, and that kind of, opens up the the door that because like we we have a sequence where we see that like all around the united states these masks are being bought and sold and there Um, are some really nice uh in that we see a montage of yeah these different cities all over there's a really nice shot in that montage of kids in the mass sort of walking in a line over a hill at, at sunset yeah it's a great shot and it captures that like halloween feel I think more than more than honestly, more than a great deal of the series as a whole manages right. to. I think I, I like that shot. I like that. No, little yeah, bit of, it was uh, a good sequence. A little bit of iconography that is that is unique to this movie. Right. Um, and so like in that sequence, we we get a sense that like since everyone around the world is or at least around the United States is buying these masks, he like stops maybe two local uh companies from broadcasting it but like three hours ago 
everyone in New York got their kids' heads blown off. Right. Everyone in like two hours ago, everyone in Colorado, like. It's well, just, I feel like I feel like they wouldn't necessarily stagger the feed. It would probably just go out live all at once. No, because it went. It was going live at nine p.m. So that would be midnight in in New York. So I would imagine kids aren't staying up that late. So they're coming in um, a little earlier. Like nine o'clock is post trick or treating because you usually start around like six, maybe like around when sun dark. goes down. Yeah. yeah, and then you're back by like eight, and you're like sweet. I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch Halloween. I'm gonna win some money from this toy guy, and then instead, um, you get your head blown off and turn into uh, bugs, and, bugs snakes and snakes and stuff. Who then eat your family and whatnot. Right. By by the way, something worth uh, pointing out, which we don't we don't get back to really pointedly. But if you recall at the beginning of the movie, his his children have those masks. Yeah. As well, um, and obviously, he's clearly not the best, most attentive father. But you, you got to think he'd be a little bummed if his kids got head snakes. He really tried, though. Like, he called his wife. And his wife's like, <laughs> fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, take take their things off. It's, it's an emergency. And she's like, who gives a shit? You're a bad dad. And he's like, all right, well, fuck it. All of you die. I'm starting clean. Uh, little does he know, his side piece, uh, the coroner, is already dead. Mm-hmm. She's already dead. And and bo- she got body snatched. Um coroner everybody got body everyone got body snatched damn i i feel like it'd be a real fun game to just do a whole bunch of mushrooms and watch this movie assuming everybody is one of cochran's robots <laughs> and like like it's like in blade runner where where the of course is the big question of like is deckard a replicant it's right like, is tom atkins one of the orange juice and glue robots <laughs> who's rebelling against his creator he's both the deckard and the the david of this story oh damn yeah Found a way to put David <laughs> to in talk it. About David. <laughs> um, but what? Yes. Yeah, so um, I guess we should go back a little bit and talk about this insane climax that happens. Yes. Um, I, I guess we would start at the point at which Ellie gets kidnapped, and Cochran's run, uh, not Cochran. Uh, uh, Chillis is running from the the robots. He gets to the the factory he gets captured and then like and they put one of the masks on him yeah and they set up the tv so that when the broadcast starts he'll get head snakes i guess right and uh the i i really do like it's that is the scene i referenced uh way earlier in this conversation where they throw on the original halloween on tv because the big giveaway is airing after Halloween, and that's right. where the score from that first movie, uh, Carpenter's music, becomes sort of the score for that scene, which I mm-hmm. think is, is super fun. And obviously, using that as a, a device a couple of times maintains a very direct, explicit connection to the other movies, the original in particular, but also, I would think, makes explicit that that's fiction in this world. Right. Like that that would be the thing where it's like, well, how are you going to make it to the, to the hour mark without going... I don't think Michael Myers is showing up in this movie. <laughs> um, I mean, he could have been like a deus ex machina where like all this stuff's going on. And then uh, Chalice is in the, is uh, just about to escape uh, ch- or Chalice, whatever is about, just about to escape. And then he comes out of his, out of a door and everyone's dead. And Michael Myers is like wiping off his knife and he's like, I'm fucking real. <laughs> A real motherfucker! Motherfucking, motherfucking Cochran pulls off his face like a Scooby-Doo mask, and under it is the Michael Myers mask. 
I got all the babysitters. It could be it could be like Scream 3 though where there were actual murders and then they made movies based on the actual murders. Right. I assume that that's what it would that would be what that was. Right. But still. <laughs> I'm real. Um but yeah, so so yes, he he basically gets put in a Bond style um, escape situation where he's like, I guess I gotta use my wits and my my muscles. <laughs> um, and eventually, he takes all of these. He like finds a box of the branding and he like dumps it on top of all the robots while the bride, like while he has the the commercial going. Right, all the little this big box of all these little the emblems that are off the mask with the Stonehenge chips in them. Right. And so, yeah, he drops them onto everybody, and these things just start firing lasers like crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it seems to, like, form, a like, a, like a classic uh, sacrifice circle, and then a laser goes from that circle to the stone into Cochran, and he's like, well done. Yeah, he literally you just bested me. As they're escaping, he literally just quietly smiles and claps his hands like, oh, well played. Yeah. Well played, Tom Atkins. But <laughs> the last laugh will be mine. Ooh. I'd like to think that if this were to go on as an anthology series, like that, he, he'd be like a reoccurring, like, trickster god or some shit like that. Like, he just, they'd be like, oh, man, you don't want to mess with the Cochran. Or he, like, shows <laughs> up in the background and is like, why don't you buy these things? And is like, what initiates the, the wrong goings of the next movie? That'd be nice. I want that. What would have been really great. So in Halloween, the the sixth one is called Halloween, the curse of Michael Myers. That's the one that has Paul Rudd in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the sort of big departure in terms of mythology is that you find out the reason Michael kills people and the reason he kills members of his own family is because he was uh, cursed by uh, the, the thorn cult. Um, so it's this coven of dark magic practitioners. So that that would have been a way. Like if this movie had been better received, yeah. you could have folded, even despite the fact that yes, you see Halloween as a fictional movie on TV in, in this movie, you could have folded this into that somehow. Right. Like Cochran is somehow involved in the Thorn cult. Mm. They didn't do that. No, they didn't. Um we'd have to go to like another Earth to like see how the Halloween series would have played out. Yeah, they're like, we don't talk about the the robot witchcraft movie in this house. <laughs> um, but like another big reveal that we get in that that climax sequence is that Ellie was replaced by a robot. Yep, she she definitely got body snatched. Yeah, um, and I so I guess is it makes you wonder if like the original Ellie is dead. Or I like, would assume, unless we are working under the assumption that that she was a robot the whole time, which wouldn't really track. Right. Um, I I'm working under the assumption that they took her, killed her, and and replicated her. Because mm. what would they do with her at that point? Um. Well, I don't know. Cochran could be like, "How old are you?" And she's like, <laughs> "I'm older she's than I look." Like you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Cochran goes. So am I. <laughs> I don't know. How much alcohol do you drink? <laughs> it's like this back and forth of her being like, I have a type. Leave me alone. <laughs> um, but no, presumably they gave her head snakes. Yeah. Uh, is my guess. Yeah. I'm assuming that she was like in one of the other test rooms 
And like as things were going down, she's like, ha ha, snakes, baby. Why don't we make this robot so that we can tease the main character? Right. And then the robot can help thwart the plan. And then once everything is already thwarted, then attack. But it could be like a sleeper. Okay. Like there are some, like in Battlestar Galactica, there are some Cylons that don't know they're Cylons. Right. Could be like that. It could be. I mean, she did very much help kill her master. But also, too, maybe she bears the imprint of her creator and she thinks it's funny. Right. Yeah. All right. I'll take that. And that's and that's why Cochran's kind of cool with it, because he's like, all right, well, this one's sort of on me, I guess. <laughs> Hoisted on my own petard. Yeah. Um, that's You know what's interesting? Hmm. I set you up for like a David thing and you didn't even take it. Wow. Oh. Guys, Lex is growing. Lex is becoming a full-fledged, uh, I don't know, a better person. No, but but here's here's why it doesn't it doesn't track with David is because the the robot at the end is defeated and and David is immortal. I mean, there could be a deleted scene <laughs> where he's just like, "I have died," and like it's unclear what happened. He <laughs> no. just falls down. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean in this movie oh. where like. They uh, <laughs> like they they pan underground and there are just an army of Ellie's and they're like, ha ha, time to continue the work. <laughs> you know, that's how it goes. <laughs> he's just on the ground and he's like looking up and he's like, the real alien is death. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just shuts down. <laughs> yep. That's that's the deleted scene. <laughs> we just we solved the mystery and like it was in every version they tested until the the final theatrical release but every single time no matter how they cut it audiences were just like huh <laughs> where's where's michael myers <laughs> <laughs> um well, yes that's also a deleted scene in which david goes into the 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 machine into the, the the ship and he's like i've done a good and then michael myers comes out and he like cleans off his knife everyone in the stasis pods are dead and he goes i was real we haven't gotten a, they didn't do they did a, a jason in space movie they did jason x we have not gotten uh michael in space movie because we don't need it uh bullshit sir it, because also michael myers and jason are are often confused and uh People feel like they're pretty samey, and they are, so well, they are very similar. Yes. Right. So I think that uh, it would do them a disservice. If anything, they should go the opposite and be like, "It's Michael Myers at the center of the earth." I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "What's the what's the opposite?" Like, this is way underground. Yeah. Yes, and it's it's him stalking babysitters <laughs> surrounded by molten rock. Yeah. And it all the whole movie looks like. The climax of Revenge of the Sith, mm -hmm. where it's just Michael Myers chasing scared teens with like lava exploding behind them and stuff. Right. They're jumping on this weird construction bit and it's like it's a lava planet. What? Why did you build that out there? How did you build that out there? <laughs> and it's it's just a Horse lot fields. of. Yeah. Yeah. And and Michael's like, I should have known the Jedi were plotting to take over. <laughs> and, and the From baby my perspective, <laughs> the <laughs> babysitters are bad. You are the ones who are bad. Yes. And, and you can learn to take care of your children and yourself. The, and the babysitters are like, fuck you, you don't talk. 
It's a new generation. <laughs> I'm not your granddad's Michael Myers. <laughs> it's like, did you just switch to an old man voice? No. <laughs> I am pretty old, though. Hey, I was at least in my 30s. You are 70s. my granddad's Michael Myers. <laughs> He pulls off the Michael Myers mask, and there's an older, more tattered Michael Myers mask <laughs> under it. Oh, okay. We've gotten off the rails. <laughs> Do you have any final thoughts before we wrap up? Uh, I I think this is a really fun movie that uh, most most mainstream audiences only know as the Halloween movie that doesn't have Michael Myers, and it seems like most people didn't really like. Right. But... Since its original release, it has there, there's been a bit of a reappraisal, and I do think there is a, an audience. Uh, you call it a cult audience, but there's an audience of fans that have really come to embrace this movie, and I think there's a lot to embrace. I think it is utterly bizarre, and it is utterly bizarre in a way that you're not gonna find in too many mainstream horror franchises like this. Now, yeah. obviously, it's it's a non they're they're kind of grisly deaths in it, but it's not a slasher movie. But it's right. nestled right there in the middle of this slasher series, one of the most famous series of slasher movies ever made. Yeah, and I wonder, especially because, and I, I like the Halloween movies. Even the worst Halloween movies are so familiar to me from just playing on repeat while I was growing up. Yeah, you almost got to lament what what might have been. You know, I, I think it would be really would have been really interesting. If this movie had done a little bit better and maybe they had been able to do uh, an anthology series of movies and we got new stories uh, from this team maybe every year or two. Uh, whereas what ultimately happened is we got a lot of Michael Myers centric sequels that ultimately rehashed a lot of the same stuff right. over and over and over. Uh, I, I recommend it seems like you liked it a bunch, which is cool, which is nice. Like I like uh, I like when I'm able to take a movie that is maybe not as embraced or beloved as I think it might deserve and kind of turning someone onto it and being like, here, check this out. Cause I, I feel like, I feel like it's, it's a very quiet, low key high point in Halloween franchise history, Yeah, but it is not thought of as such if it's thought of at all because of, because of the way it was initially received and the fact that it wasn't successful enough to generate another one in this vein. But I think there's, there's a lot here and, and really I do. I, I, I wish we'd gotten to see what the success of this installment would have yielded. Yeah, I agree. Um, yes, I did. I did enjoy it. It was a fun ride. I, I was very intrigued by the mystery. Like if you're listening this far, like, you know what the mystery was. And, but I think it still has like a lot of rewatch value. There are a lot of fun moments, especially if you like gruesome, deathy stuff then like this is your jam um because they go real hard on that body horror yep. not as like hard as a cronenberg but like this could effectively be like in the scanners universe oh yeah that's, um, that's true yeah it has that amount of just like gruesomeness but also like crazy stuff now i'm lamenting the lack of a version of scanners in which daryl revick gives everyone head snakes <laughs> um that would have been the next one yeah yeah Scanners three, four. I think, I think there's like four or four of them. Oh, that's like the soft reboot. They're ignoring all the other ones. Yeah. Scanners, yeah, yeah. scanners 2020. Yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> and it's, and it's because it's sort of like the, it's sort of the, the Terminator dark fate. I'm going with a movie I haven't seen yet. Yep. 
It's more like the Force Awakens. There we go. It's oh. like the Force Awakens of Scanners in that it's it's a newish story, but it's really more about looking at the past, and so they're able to do like a cute groany pun on twenty twenty. Right. Call because because you know that's what they say about hindsight. Right. Uh, and it's it's sort of a look back, but also embracing the future. And Revit gives people head snakes. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also Head snakes for high stakes also david and michael myers are both in this film oh okay it's cool. the it's the real infinity war right um michael myers shows up everyone's <laughs> dead around him he cleans off his knife and goes oh, real! <laughs> okay um i'm wrapping this up um Lex, thank you for bringing this in. Oh, you're welcome. It's my pleasure. Uh, and hey, this uh, this episode, when this episode comes out, it's it's basically Halloween. Yeah. This this is as you're listening to this is what is a day or two before Halloween. Yeah. And uh, so so if you don't have if you're if you're an uncool person with no friends and didn't get invited to a Halloween party, like me, no, I'm kidding. Um, you're you're very nice, and I love you. And thank if you. you if you if you're a homebody, that's okay, and you don't need to be ashamed of that because most parties are a little bit lame. Yeah. Uh, if you've got nothing to do, if you've got no specific plans and you're looking for uh, something, something a little different to add to your, to your rotation of, of scary flicks, I, I recommend this. Uh, I definitely do. And I think it's, it's, it's Halloweeny in ways that are different from the way the rest of the series is, is Halloweeny. And if you're not a slasher person and I do get it because a lot of these movies do get rather repetitive, this is very much a decisive strong departure from that formula yeah this will get your halloweeny hard um the reese's commercials uh recommend buying a bunch of uh reese's and staying home so you should do that buy a bunch of reese's stay home watch this movie let us know what you thought um you can do so at missing outcast in my s-s-i-n-g-o-u-t-c-a-s-t but you can also hit up lex because he loves this movie uh at his personal social media uh, I am on Twitter and Instagram at the Lex Michael. Also, just, there's no there's no shame in staying home on Halloween. I just recommended it. I know. I, bro, you, and, you and Reese's. I'm, I'm gonna get some Reese's. I'm signing off on the. I'm co-signing <laughs> the the Reese's assertion that it's a okay. I'm that's, sorry, you were do, giving me the middle finger the whole time you were saying that and looking me dead in the eyes. I was like, "Fuck you and your peanut butter cups." <laughs> <laughs> I like mounds, bitch. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I just want to make sure that that's probably what I'm doing. So I don't actually, I don't mean to shame anyone. Yeah, I'm going to get some Reese's and I'm going to watch stuff. I don't know what yet, just stuff. Stuff. Um, but uh, <laughs> you can also, <laughs> while you're home eating Reese's, uh, send me pictures of you eating Reese's at Tari J. T A U R T A U R I J A why um but yeah we this is this is the last episode of our our witchy spooky scary halloweeny themed episode branding pending um yes so next week we will be back with um our regular array of different things uh i told lex that i wanted to bring in uh the last dragon so guys we're gonna be talking about that show no oh all um right. so uh look forward to that and we will see you next week uh happy halloween until then this has been the retrospective that's introspective uh now you have a new perspective and i apologize that all of you will go to your grave with a silver shamrock jingle stuck in your head 
This is the silver rock. <laughs> it's London Bridge, guys. Don't worry it's, about it's it. London, it's just, London just, Bridge. It's London Bridge. But but it earworms like London Bridge has never earwormed. 